Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. Oh God, You are our strength. And we come to You knowing that You you guide us and You lead us. And we thank You for the sacraments that You have given us. The sacraments of holy baptism and the sacrament of this table. Lord, as we conclude this series today, we just pray that you guide us and lead us and help us to see maybe this sacrament in a new light of how it guides us and leads us, how it strengthens us for our journey. So we ask that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. So today is Communion Sunday, and it's a day that we gather together as the body of Christ and we share in the breaking of the bread and, and, and the drinking of the cup. So I thought, what a better way to close our entire catechesis series that we've been doing since um, August and talk about this holy, holy meal. Remember last week uh, I gave you what a definition of a sacrament is. If you're not familiar with that, a sacrament is an inward spiritual grace that we see by an outward and visible sign or symbol. And we talked last week about how baptism, the, the sign or the symbol was the water, whether it's by, by sprinkle, by pouring, by immersion, those, those ways that we baptize. That is, that is the physical sign, but we saw how God's pervenient, convicting, justifying, and sanctifying grace was poured out in that one sacrament for us all to, to experience. And, and we also remember how we talked about baptism is not something, it, it's something that we participate in, but it, but it is God that initiates through the water of baptism. It is God that, that His grace that, that is available to us, that, that moves in and through us so that we can live in the grace of God. Now, for me, ever since I've been little, communion has confused me a little bit, mainly because there are so many different names for it. Now, baptism, we have just one name. There, there is one name. It's holy baptism. But there are many different ways that, that we talk about this table. We say it's the Lord's Supper, Holy Communion, and, and then the Eucharist. Now, the Lord's Supper is easy. We know that on the night, as we say during the liturgy that you'll hear later, on the night in which Jesus gave himself for us, he was with his disciples and he took bread. So it, it was this table, this supper, that the Lord was at. So that's where Lord's Supper comes from. Holy Communion and Eucharist, a little more confusing, 
Communion comes from the Latin word communio, which translates into the Greek word koinonia, means sharing in common, or a, a group of people coming together. And we see this written in the, before the scripture we'll actually get to this morning in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 16, where Paul writes, the cup of blessing which we bless is not the communion or participation or sharing, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, break is it not the communion of the body of Christ? So the whole communion aspect reminds us that, that we don't do communion by ourselves. We, we, we just can't take a, a piece of bread and, and uh, wine or, or juice by ourselves to, to do communion. Believe me, there has been a, a huge argument and disagreement throughout the entire church about how to handle communion during this pandemic. You know, do we do inbound? Do we do online communion? Do we uh, have people come by and receive the elements? And, 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 and the way I fall down on this is that when we share this together, if we have people at home, this may, this may get me in trouble saying this, but I'm going to go ahead and say it anyway. If we have people at home that are participating in the liturgy with the body of Christ, you're sharing in communion. If you share within the liturgy together at home, and then you come and you drive by the sanctuary and you receive the bread and the cup that is consecrated here in this place, you receive communion. It's out there now, so I said it. <laughs> so that is what, what, what communion is all about. It, it, it's sharing in the community. And there's another part when we get to the word Eucharist. Now, the word Eucharist is mostly used in a, a high church setting. You see it more in, in the Catholic church, in, in the Episcopalian, Anglican, Lutheran church. But it is a Greek word that is derived from Eucharistia. And the meaning of Eucharistia is, is thanksgiving. The very first part of, of the communion liturgy, when, when I come down to the table and we start sharing in this sacrament together, it's called the Great Thanksgiving because we give thanks to God for, for providing this holy meal for us so that we may be strengthened in God's grace. So with that intro in mind... Let us go to our scripture for this morning. This is, even though it comes later than the four Gospels, where, where we have Jesus breaking the bread and sharing in the upper room, this is the first written account of the Lord's Supper that Paul gives us in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 26. Hear the word of the Lord. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. 
Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You know, I, I, I can make this really, really short, but I, I don't think we would fully understand by saying this is all about grace. This is all about grace. This, this, this is all we really need to know about baptism and about Holy Communion. It is all about God's grace for us. It, it, it is God working through these elements, so His grace is, is given to us. So, I'm going to take a look at communion like we did last week with baptism and show us how we see the movement of grace throughout this amazing liturgy. And first, uh, Lori already, already started us out. I don't know if you understood that or not. We've already started talking about communion today. When Lori came up and she started out with this line, for I received, oh, no, that's not it. She started out with this line that Christ our Lord invites to his table all who loves and serves him, all who desire to, to grow in their faith. See, the first line shows us what provenient grace is all about. It is Christ inviting us. We, we, we call that provenient grace. Before we even know who God is, He invites us to participate in this amazing sacrament. I think that's what Paul is saying in the very first line of our Scripture this morning. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. Paul reminds us this is not something he came up with. But this is something that he received from God, that this gift that, that we pass on to others, that, that we share with others because God wants us to share this free gift to God's people. Growing up as a missouri Synod Lutheran, we had... A, a somewhat different view of, of how we receive communion. And, and if you go through the different denominations, you'll see that there are many different ways that, that the invitation to this table is received. There, there are different ways that, that, that people see this. For, for some churches, they have what's called a closed communion. And what that means is that you need to be a part of the denomination or you needed to be a part of that specific local church in order to participate with this sacrament. There, there are some people who go way on, on the other side of that and just have like a totally wide open communion. Because it's just a symbol, it, it's just us taking the opportunity to remember what happened on Monday, Thursday, the, the night that Jesus broke bread with his disciples. But, but, but for me and, and, and for the church that I grew up in, and I, and I believe that even through the United Methodist Church, there is a different way that we look at what is happening here. We see that it is open for those who desire 
to grow as disciples of Jesus Christ. This, this meal is not going to mean anything for somebody who is just coming up and, and, and just eating it. However, this is the amazing thing about it. As, as we talk about God's provenient grace, God's provenient grace works within those elements that, that maybe somebody who has no idea what they're doing as they're coming through, God can use the bread and the cup to, to waken them up, to see the grace that is poured out for them. And that is one of the things I love about this table. I love the provenient grace aspect of this table because I know it reminds me that I may have no idea how God is working in someone else's life, but when they take the bread and when they take the cup, God can grab a hold of them and, 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 and place his grace in their lives so that they can feel God's power. And, and that moves us into the second grace, the, the convicting grace to remind us that we don't have it all together. And we may never have it all together while we're on this earth, but we remember that we come to the table because we are sinners. We come to the table remembering that it is God's love and grace that, that reminds us that we have a ways to go. It places us in the right mindset that we can't do it on our own. Or I love it the way that 1 John 1, verses 8 through 10 puts it, that if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just, will forgive us all our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sin, we make Him out to be a liar and God's Word is not in us. So that's deep. But, but we share in, in, the conf, in, in the confession of sin to remind ourselves that we are sinful people and, and, and we come for God's grace. We, we recognize that, that there is something that must happen for us to, to waken ourselves up to be open to God's grace poured out upon us. And once we have that convicting grace, then we live in God's justifying grace. How Christ opens up his arms and dies for us on the cross. And we remember in the liturgy Christ sacrificed and how he declared in John 6.35, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Our convicting face leads to justifying case where we lay everything down at Jesus' feet. And when we come forward, or actually, when we came forward, <laughs> when, when you walked into these doors and, and you were given the, the elements into your hands, it is a reminder that, that you just don't come and grab whatever you want, but it is God offering and giving His grace to us. You know, another amazing thing about John chapter 6, verse 35, he's reminding his listeners about the wilderness, how, how, Moses, gave, did, how Moses didn't give 
the Israelites the bread or the manna from heaven, but it was God the Father that gave them the true bread of heaven. And in John 6, he continues, For the bread of God that God gives is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So, so when we partake of, of God's, of Jesus' body, we remember the, the, the bread that gives life to the world. And we are called to give that life. But we're also called into the forgiveness of sins. So we remember through the, the, the juice or the wine, our sins are forgiven. But our sins are forgiven so that we may be life for the world. And then the whole service concludes with God's sanctifying grace. Towards the end, you'll hear me say these words while I'm behind the table. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. See, it is that sanctification that, that we get to live out in. It is that sanctification, knowing that our sins have been forgiven, that we are now the body of Christ to go out into the world to share His love and grace right now. I don't know about you, but man, when I take a look at the world we live in right now, we need God's people to be filled with the Holy Spirit so that we may be Christ to those close to us, and so that we may be Christ to our community and to the world around us. This isn't a magical meal. This isn't some hocus-pocus that happens that, that things change. But it is God's grace through the bread through the cup that helps us to see how much God loves us. And I think it also helps us to see how much God loves the entire world. And He doesn't want division. He calls for us to be unified. And the unity isn't through some of our own ideals. The unity that we live out is the unity of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. How God uses this gift to remind us of the thing we have in common, the love and grace of Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Oh, God, we thank you for the sacraments. And, Lord, when we take the opportunity to look through the sacrament of communion and the sacrament of baptism, we see your grace. We see your grace poured out through these elements that helps us to be your body for this world, that helps us to remember that our sins are washed away, and those sins are washed away because 
of your death on the cross. So help us to live in the unity of Jesus Christ, empowered by the Holy Spirit, to, to live in the creation that the Father has given each and one of us so that we may share your love with others. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.